Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christina Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we'll hope to bring new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. We'll be talking to surfers, psychics, and metaphysicians about meditation, healing, spirit guides, and other ascension tools you can use to catch your next wave. So if you're surfing the winds on Venus or jumping the rings on Saturn, like we'll hear about today, or riding a solar flare right now, this is the place on Aligned Radio where we sorted out. Planet Earth, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. We've been experiencing extraterrestrial light shows and it's hard to continue to hold on to isolation or separation within ourselves the more we notice these extraplanetary activities. So notice the changes in energy and that you can feel these activities of Earth and beyond sky. And this is a great time to construct a new form of abundance to serve the new waves coming in September 22nd or so. The energy is speeding up and intensifying, so we gotta use it. Notice where you can change your vibes here, where you can change your surfboard, and discover your peaceful self again in the middle of this wild, maverick financial wave that's going on, and we're all surfing it. There are other waves that are getting bigger too, so let's get this maverick money wave out of the way because the twin flame wave is coming right in, right after it. This concept of reconnecting to another of ourselves is coming, and I'm hearing more and more stories about these types of twin flames uniting. So let's ride the waves of our new ascension, psychic, or spiritual spaces together and share our stories. We're going to jump right into the surf today, so let's listen. Joining me today in the etheric studio is Doris Kvasilis, who has just finished writing Our Universal Journey, and I'm so excited to have read it already. Uh, the electronic form is out there, and you can get it in book form September 22nd. So welcome, George. Hey, Christina. How are you? Pretty good. I'm so glad you're here surfing the psychic waves with us today, and I'd love to hear how you're surfing the waves. Surfing the waves, that's such a good way of putting it. Yeah, it, we feel like we're surfing the, the crest of a wave. Uh, yeah. It's like a time wave, really, and, uh, yeah. and an energetic wave that's, that's just pouring into this reality. And it is changing everything from a subatomic level. It feels like it. we're all changing. And, and we just had that little um, discussion before about how much I've changed, how much you've changed, and how we've got um, memories that seem to be chunks of memories that just seem to be we're letting go of and people remind me of an incident that occurred and the when they first mention it's kind of like oh I don't quite remember that but then the memory comes back and you go oh wow yeah I do I do remember that and it's almost like feeling back into uh, when we were younger or when we were you know even a year ago or a couple of years ago whatever um, especially for me I suppose around the 10 year ago mark there just seems to be it's like that was another person <laughs> it's like I'm so different now it feels like almost another person back then yeah we had interviewed on surfing the psychic waves almost a year ago to to date almost I've noticed that about the memories just sort of fading away and even when I look back I don't I guess before if I were to look at an energy in the past that either I was part of or I'm remembering my actions or something like that, there would be twinges of maybe, gosh, I wish I didn't do things that way. Or uh, I don't know, there'd be more of an emotional attachment to, to how I behaved in a certain 
situation or something, but or a judgment about myself. And now in those memories, that's not there. Mm, yeah, it, that's fantastic that we can let go so much uh, self-judgment, I suppose. Self-analysis and discernment is something else, but self-judgment when we're really hard on ourselves, you know, because we've got that internal division happening with all the programs that, that we're running internally. So when we can do that, then I kind of just gone through a new cycle of a cathartic sort of stage in my life and so much has come to the surface. And yeah, I'm, I'm now going through the process of letting go of so much more once again, like the new batch <laughs> that's come to the surface and I need to work through. <laughs> yeah, but the new batch, it's not, it doesn't make me feel bad. Mm, yeah, because we're approaching it with so much more wisdom and power and empowerment. Yeah. From mm. So what do you think about, I know you talk about like the sine wave and the sort of plus minus sort of paradigm in the book. You talk about kind of how there was this cosmic sort of setup for what we were doing here, like this problem solving solution type of environment. And maybe that's changing. Well, it is because we have solved the the problem on a universal scale. So now that that's all changing, and we just have more of the smaller issues at hand, really. So I I find it. Um, I suppose looking back at the sine wave issue, it's a um, universe of contrasting expressions. That's what light is. When we can understand it from I suppose that perspective, we realise that there is um, you know energies that whatever expression exists in the universe is going to be a, uh, another expression that counterbalances the the original expression. So um, we, we have light patterns that are organic in nature and the original intentions of the universal creator. And then we have a, a set of light patterns that um, are contrasting to the real ones. I call it the synthetic light or the false light. And so I'm... I'm you know, I'm trying to bring to people's attentions that uh, this is how the universe is structured and we might want to consider, um, you know, the practices we're involved in and, you know, the, the origins of them and where they're leading towards and, you know, what their, their intentions are and what have you. So it's been a bit of a challenge with this, with this book for me, Christina, because, you know, it makes people uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable and I understand it makes people uncomfortable and, um, but when we come out the other end of it, we are in such a different place of empowerment uh, that there's no turning back. Yeah, I, I noticed through every chapter, and you did. So, I think you did a fantastic job bringing the most amazing topics to the surface in in a pretty neutral way. And it wasn't. It's things that you sort of come across in metaphysical activities meditation and you know you'll see you know saturn fly by <laughs> in meditation and you're like what's that why is that talking to me and and to sort of sit down and be able to have a collection of these concepts is really important i think right now because we all have our triggers and um for me when you were talking about sort of like the feminine and blaming the feminine um I had to skip over that for a little bit and then come back to it again. It's like we all have these little areas where we're like, oh, not that. But then once you kind of get a little mm. brave and just read it or think about it, um, think about that we're navigating, you know, duality or what if the moon's not really what it, what we think it is. It's like it opens up this whole field of energy and, and 
our own knowledge. Wow. You've articulated my feelings and what I've explained to people in such a beautiful way just then. It does open up a whole new field of energy and knowledge. It's a completely different perspective um, from what we've been used to. And it's a perspective that so the overwhelming majority of the universe is used to. It's how things are out there. And I'll just... um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. You've just encapsulated it so beautifully. <laughs> well, I was reading it cover to cover. I didn't stop. <laughs> it was like, you know, hours into the night. I just kept reading. I just couldn't stop. Uh, and I did get back to the feminine. Um, but I do want to ask about um, uh, the pineal gland. I want to ask you about and what's your current thinking on the pineal gland. Um, I ran across a recording of another metaphysical person's recording of, of a sequence of, of music that's to hope, help open the pineal gland, mm. and it made me so mad. Well, <laughs> and I'd actually listened to it, gotten into meditation, let's say six months before, but then when I heard it again, it was like stuck on my iPod or something, and I just, I was like, What? What is this crap? <laughs> yeah, wow. That's um, you know, if we really think about it objectively now, um, the pineal gland needs um, DMT to stimulate it, um, and so what? And and the pineal gland is situated in the brain, and and is pretty much the um, I would say a bit of a a delegator um, plays plays a delegation role in the central nervous system, so it has quite a cardinal position. And uh, the pun is intended, and um, it it is amazing when you really look at it objectively that it is a because it's in the head for starters. It's a mind-based enlightenment which um, needs to be chemically induced by DMT. So I I was always concerned about that throughout my life, and I thought, well, I. I feel that there's a difference functioning from that kind of enlightenment to the version of enlightenment that I actually personally experienced through my heart. Mm-hmm. And when and the version of enlightenment, um, not to say that I'm totally enlightened right now, it's not an egoic thing. Well, what I'm talking about is when I took a journey through the universe with my conscious spirit. And I got to see where all the people who are involved and all the beings and all the paradigms and realities involved with this type of enlightenment are being calibrated to a particular area in the universe and it was in what I call in the um, in the book I call it the the great arena of the universe which is pretty much the bottom half you could say or you know thereabouts mm-hmm. it's not quite the half but um, It's just an area that occupies the lower domains of the universe is probably a better way to put it. Now, the Great Arena is enormous. It actually contains pseudo-universal paradigms within it. So let's say a group of ETs will come and take you to another universe. That's what they're taking you to, another universe within the Great Arena, which is within this universe, the actual universe. So once we can understand or say, I'll say, remember the structure because we all have this knowledge within us once we can remember the actual structure of the universe we begin to realize where 
um, all these programs that we have that are running on the planet, or religious programs, spiritual concepts, doctrines, practices, that they're all, each one of those is designed to achieve a particular outcome. And okay, so if I go in and get involved in a particular practice, what is the outcome of, of the intentions of that practice, of that doctrine? Where does it take me? Where is it leading me to? And when we can see it from this sort of perspective, we come to realize, wow, all these practices are actually utilizing what's called the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is actually more like, a, I, call it, I call it, I use the analogy of a tuner in a television or in your radio. Because we are in a, a light-based universe and we are beings of light inherently in our deeper levels of being, basically the, because it's, a, again, a universe of contrasting expressions, there was always going to be light-based programs that wanted to lure us into a particular direction because of the agendas of the beings who created these programs. So whilst we have at the moment we're more consciously aware of the electromagnetic type of and, and um, mental programs that we have on our planet, people really haven't taken a step back and had time to consider that there are also light-based programs that are here to mislead and lure us into particular domains and realities within the universe. And it makes perfect sense. We're in a light universe, so... We're going to have light-based programs that are going to challenge us as well. So what's the point of all this challenge? You know, different beings, their agendas, and then, you know, is it just... I kind of have gone back and forth whether we're just this grand experiment or maybe I get to figure out what I'm supposed to do here and just make that, just make it up. Um, well, yeah, I don't feel we are an experiment. Um, I feel that the there are some races that um, have had some input here and they their input has been more on an experimental level and they're the ones that are voicing that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a bit of an agenda to say this is just an experiment. So that goes, by doing that, they are able to devalue what's mm-hmm. going on here because what's going on here is incredibly important on a universal level, a universal scale. And the beings who are involved in all of this um, have been involved in it for a very, very long time and have invested so much of themselves. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's also designed to, by devaluing this reality, it's also designed to insult the beings who are involved with what's going mm. on here. Uh, it's a very clever program and it's really part of the cosmic drama so if, if, if people can understand, you know, there's a fantastic ancient piece of wisdom, which is as above, so below. So if, if we can understand that our planetary reality is a fractal of the great arena of the universe, um, or it's actually a fractal of the whole universe, but the great arena of the universe is also represented here. So the dramas that are ensuing and playing out here on the planet are a fractal of the dramas that are playing out in the great arena. And there are energies out there with ill intentions that have, that have their own agendas and only seek to want to control the human race for their own selfish purposes. Uh, from a bigger perspective, by them doing that, coming here and, and imposing their programs of limitation and restrictions and challenges upon us, they, get to, they are actually serving us from a greater perspective because... They're providing the challenge 
the, um, the resistive energy. So we have our co-creative energy that wants to flow forward and then they provide the resistance to that. And the resistance to that um, comes up against where that pressure is created between our forward-moving intentions and our co-creative expression and that resistive um, challenge uh, energy from um, the forces of limitation, that creates incredible pressure. And that's where the magic spark of life gets created for us. And that is, you know, we, it is through adversity that we prosper. So um, we learn from these challenges. We're having these incredibly challenging experiences in all varieties and all flavours on this planet. Uh, each one that we've chosen, that's why this is so diverse here. And you've got your set of challenges, I've got mine, and people, other people have got theirs. And, um, and so when we do live through these experiences in life, we gain wisdom. And that wisdom is that spark of life. And it's an energy that goes back to our soul, and it feeds and it nurtures our soul. So it's incredibly important to understand this from a greater perspective, because a lot of the time we get drawn into the drama and often people will listen to my interviews and a lot of the time I'm commenting from within the drama because, you know, um, we are inside the drama, this part of us here, but it's also important to bring more of our greater essence into this reality. And, you know, at this moment in time, I'm speaking from a multidimensional perspective. Right. It's just amazing. Amazing stuff. It's like all of a sudden your brain gets bigger and then you're like, wait, what am I doing? What am I doing again? I totally forgot. Oh, wait, I'm interviewing. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I went really out there for a little bit, mm. wondering what other parts of me are doing other things in the universe. I find that is sort of happening, too, where I have this awareness of the, I guess, other parts of me Do you ever elsewhere. have, like, a dream? Well, some people consider it a dream. I, I kind of don't. Um, where you find yourself in a set of circumstances, a reality where it's, you know, you're dealing with people, but the technology is a bit different and the circumstances are different and you, you know, and clothes are different and things like that. Have you ever had those sorts of dreams? Uh, not so um, vivid. It would be almost like here, but like the colors are all different. Yeah, that's because uh, a lot of the time you're either experiencing another vibrational level here or you're viewing it from another vibrational level or mm -hmm. you're actually experiencing another aspect of yourself that's on another world. I, I don't feel like I have a lot of resistance to noticing that about myself. Mm. But um, I have had a, a couple of, I, I call them dreams, but they're not really dreams, um, lately where it just seemed like, wait, this isn't a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's I, I get distracted like by... Why are all the colors all different? Why is it so green over here? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's the yeah. earthly personality that's struggling with the um, the experience or the, or the connection, the bridging yeah. to the other aspect of self in another world. I think I'm sure that I'm doing that like as I'm remembering, sort of entering back into this reality. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the simultaneous... I guess, environment that we live, it feels like we all do this. Maybe um, not. Maybe there's more choices than, than we all have to do this, but um, <laughs> it seems like there is this simultaneous dimensional thing going on that I have more awareness of. And, mm -hmm. and I would say that's recent. That's, you know, hasn't been years of this. It's been months of this. I, I actually haven't even said it out loud. 
That's fantastic. It's so good to have that, you know, multidimensional awareness and that multidimensional awareness of self because, you know, it, it, it provides for, for such a, a really powerful viewpoint because the, excuse me, the, a lot of the programs, <clears throat> a lot of the programs that we are experiencing and living inside of here on the planet uh, only seek to diminish that greater awareness of self and that greater understanding of the universe. And, oh, yeah. And it's really empowering <laughs> to have that greater awareness of self in the universe. Well, I guess something else has been changing over the last couple of months and that I, I do have awareness of being inside a program. And I I have been working full time lately at, in another scientific environment. So there is a big paradigm with that environment. And I'm not so offended. Hmm. And somehow that little sort of tweak that I did of not being so uh, resistant to the program part of all of that, um, and it goes pretty deep, it, how you sort of talk to people and interact uh, with, with data and stuff like that, it makes it very confined and limiting and stuff. And by not being sort of noticing the limitation and that I'm offended by that and we shouldn't, you know, getting the the whole warrior thing up in arms. Then I just noticed that I have this awareness that while I'm in this paradigm, I'm somewhere else too. So uh, I'm not sure how else to describe it, but it's been going on a couple months. It really is difficult to put into words because we're talking about massive amounts of energy of knowing and beingness. And then we've got to try and squish it all down into uh, words in that get expressed in a little linear sort of fashion. It is very challenging. Yeah. I, I would have to say that lately I've been feeling more comfortable in that I belong here. And that's that's a new thing. And I'm not sure if that's just because I've moved so much energy around. <laughs> oh, no, that's <laughs> in my, oh, in my that's, daily practice or what? That's fantastic for you to voice that because uh, that's how... I feel because when I went through all the new age programs, they were all designed for me to want to leave this reality. Oh, yeah. I had my bags packed a long time ago. Yeah. And and I came to realize, hang on, I've got this incredible agreement with the wonderful woman who is this planet, this incredible woman who's given so much of herself so she can carry us and, and facilitate these experiences and and I thought, gee, that's such a cheap cop-out for everybody who wants to just pack up and go. I mean, it's very, um, it's a sign of um, fear and it's a mm-hmm. sign of, um, because to stay, you've got to face yourself and you've got to face all your demons, so to speak, all your, all your creations, all your positive, you know, all the beautiful things that you've created in the universe, but also all the negative things um, or shall we say, um, yeah, more unsavory things that you've created in the universe. So... A lot of people can't do that and uh, they're lured into these false spiritual doctrines and practices and, uh, and which, which appeal to the cosmic ego. And a lot of people don't talk about the cosmic ego, Christina, which is um, part of the cosmic matrix. So I'll get into that in a moment. And so a lot of people are being lured um, incredibly away from the planet um, because their connection with the planet has been severed. So... It's been severed um, through the programs throughout the dark and middle ages, or really the programs have been running for about 6,000 years. 
And and now, right at the end of the cycle, they've um, put into practice these more highly sophisticated programs where they will, on one level, talk about love and they'll talk about respect for the planet. But at the same time, while they're doing that, they are severing your connection with the planet because if anybody had a heart connection with this planet, with the heart of Mother Earth, I'm not talking about the external shell. I'm not talking about the crust and the natural environment okay that's just one Mm -hmm. layer i'm talking about the heart of mother earth in the core when you connect with her there then your whole paradigm changes and uh because there's an aspect of yourself there it's it's a higher aspect of self that resides in the heart of the earth mother so when we do connect with that part of her we're also connecting with that part of us And we're also connecting with a greater aspect of ourselves, which is connected to the universe. And that's where the knowledge flows forth from um, a higher aspect of self. And uh, yeah, yeah, the whole perspective changes because the, these other programs, like I said, um, are are appealing to the cosmic ego, which is um, the cosmic matrix, which is um, part of the great arena, which I talked about in the lower domains of this, of this universe so the cosmic matrix does not get talked about and the cosmic ego does not get talked about hmm, let's talk about it let's talk about i know i've had a cosmic ego that has flared up i know it, it flared up for me um and i'm still dealing with it and uh it's the part of us that um it's also known as the traveling spirit i i called it the traveling spirit um in my book because uh, when we're in the um, the realms of the higher self, um, which is also the um, the real fifth dimension and above, um, there's um, you know we're looking down into the great arena of the universe from there, and that's the part of us that organised and orchestrated and composed and conducts every aspect of us that has been projected down into the great arena of the universe, and so. What we projected was, um, uh, in essence, uh, a spirit aspect of ourselves down into the great arena. So this spirit is the part of us that that transcends, uh, not transcends that, that permeates throughout the cosmic, uh, the great arena of the universe, and uh, is the part of us that, under the auspice of the higher self, manifests um, ourselves into being in different realities. And uh, it's kind of like a a spirit interface, you could call it. Like we have our personality interface, which is also known, I call it the personality interface, which is my definition of the the ego here on earth. So we have, uh, from a spirit form, we we incarnated here into this physical form. And what I'm trying to explain is that that spirit form from the great arena has... um, a, a cosmic ego it's a co- it's a form of a cosmic ego um it's a cosmic um or a great arena personality the personality of the great arena and that's the part of us that they are able to at times manipulate and even entrap into certain realities so aspects of that um spirit form can be trapped um like astral bodies can be trapped um so there's there's energetic aspects to us that have the ability to be influenced and lured and entrapped into certain realities so um like for example when someone passes over from here 
um, a lot of the time you'll see people that have to go and be before the throne of God and um, you know and then God says you will go back in you know Mm -hmm. Um, well that's not the real creator of the universe it doesn't behave that way it doesn't have the reality set up that way it doesn't sit on a throne it's not the ways of the creator of this universe that's the creator of a pseudo universal paradigm within the great arena playing God so it's a it's a different entity and uh, and and a lot of people's traveling spirits have been entrapped within the paradigms of this this being of this entity and it controls their traveling spirit and says where they're going to go and what they're going to do um, so it's really really quite you know we can really get into the complexity of it which is what we're currently doing and I'm and I'll I will really do want to keep it really simple for people to say that um, if we can understand that we have a cosmic ego and these other light-based programs which are being implemented here by these God entities, especially one of them, um, they these programs are designed to lure people back into the domains of these beings. Uh, and we're talking universal paradigms. They're huge, they're colossal, they're universal in scale, but they're still all contained within the great arena of this universe. <laughs> And as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, now how do I skip over that part and just, you know, go somewhere else? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that dude on the throne anymore. <laughs> All of this is to just go into your heart because that's the part of you that connects to your organic soul. It, it goes beyond the the spirit, the traveling spirit of the great arena of the universe. You know, people go, oh, I talked to spirit and spirit told me this and spirit told me that. And that's a real generalized term, you know, it's, it's yeah. very generic, you know, okay, well, what aspect of you, what part of your spirit, you know, because spirit has, it's multidimensional and um, we have different spiritual or energetic expressions in different levels of the universe. And, you know, we can't be so generic about things. So if people can't cope with trying to grasp the concept of, um, you know the the construct of the universe because th- this is beyond the mind. This is knowledge from within the heart. So the mind mm-hmm. hurt. It's going to struggle. You know. <laughs> yeah, my mind's all prepared. Yeah, because it's working on the plan. <laughs> my heart's like, oh, no problem. You know, because we're we're breaking mental paradigms here. This is all about going beyond the mind. This is all about functioning from the heart and the soul essence. Uh, you know, and then further outside this universe into, no, I'm talking about the real universe now, beyond this universe into the eternal essence. So we're, we're really, you know, this is where we want to connect and we can only connect through our heart. And it's kind of like it's a bit of a portal, it's a bit of a doorway. And, and the information that I shared in the book and the information we're sharing here is, is like it's providing a key because this is about self-empowerment. This is about spiritual sovereignty. And, um, you know, the, there's only there's only there's a, there's a, this portal can only be opened by this magical key, and the magical key to that door, that portal, is your heart, and your heart is is the magic key. It's it's the love that resides within your heart, your soul essence. Not not the I'm not talking the heart chakra. Okay, that's a cosmic software program. I'm talking about go deeper than that. Go into the core and the essence of your being, and. Um, when you when you can connect with that aspect of yourself, your heart starts opening up this interdimensional portal and you start accessing greater aspects of self. And 
it's an internal doorway. I I envisaged it as an external doorway, but I didn't realise the internal doorway opens first, and then eventually, as as you change internally, your outer world changes, and eventually it does become, you know, um, more mm-hmm. outer world changes, and you you do start to transcend into a higher state of being with Mother Earth. So, but getting back to this doorway, only my heart can open my door. My heart cannot open anyone else's door. I can provide information, which is what I've done, to help people um, if they want to open their their doorway to the universe, to back to their soul, back to the, the greater essence of being, back to spiritual sovereignty. It's up to the individual person to do it, and they can only do it for themselves. No one can do it for you. So by meditating and bringing light in from another entity and having that light supposedly transmute all your negative energies it's it's like taking a cosmic pill it's it's drug taking but... <laughs> it's like oh great now we're back to aspirin or tylenol or you know people will take that cosmic pill because it gives them relief and then they get lured into these domains these these synthetic light domains by these other beings and they've got to go through the motions again over another eon of time before they can come back to a planet like this one and go through the the motions of rebalancing, recalibrating and doing it for themselves organically and properly. We're not going to do this by getting some sort of magic pill off the back of a cornflakes packet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they sell it as though you're doing it for yourself. You're doing the hard work, you know? And, you know, and you're, and you're transcending your, your ego and you must crush your ego, get rid of your ego. No, your ego is your personality interface. Embrace all of you. Embrace your ego. It's it's a part of you, and a lot of these other doctrines and practices create uh, internal division on a cosmic level, and people don't realize the damage it's doing. Yeah, I I have noticed like a new crop of words every couple of years with just different spiritual folks, and but every once in a while I'll hear a word that's um spiritual metaphysical person is saying and it just triggers me and i i it's like oh great another program i didn't notice before but i'm getting better at not uh, i guess cultivating the reaction to a, a program i know i already don't like or i wasn't aware of and now i'm aware of and now i'm upset <laughs> yeah it's kind of like being a reformed smoker at times isn't it we've been in yeah. certain programs and then we kind of get a little bit resentful in a way towards them and and i've done that in the past and i still do at times i suppose i get to be passionate about things and but um you know that's okay i see i forgive myself for that it's great to be passionate about things in life and Passion is a beautiful creative force. So um, at, at times it, it can, um, you know, have a bit of a, um, a more adverse effect, but um, that's okay. I, we learn as we go along. The point I, I wanted to also clarify here is, um, or, or bring to people's attention, is the pineal gland and the chakras are also in Christianity. Yeah. In fact, they're in every religion <laughs> and they're known under different names. So if you're doing kundalini meditations, you can just as easily go to a new age church and get faith healing with the Holy Ghost because that's exactly the same thing. So it's just labeled different because you've got a different culture. So it's got different names and it's been packaged and presented and I'll say marketed differently to the people. 
but you're doing the same thing. It's the same energy um, and it's achieving the same form of enlightenment at the end of the process. So can we talk a little bit more about Saturn and the connection to the chakras and the rings of Saturn? And um, It just... I'm not offended by it. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten over that part. Yeah. You know, when I was first reading it, you you did mention it on air about a year ago, and I was like, what? And then I really started to kind of look at all that. And um, then I was, you know, coming to that that chapter in the book, and it it just seems like such an effort to have put together such an intricate program. And why would I have these energy centers connected to the rings of Saturn? It's like, what? But I feel in the core of me that that's really what's going on. And when I've, you know, as I'm surfing the psychic waves all the time, and when I'm reading people, I have noticed all sorts of other things going on with the quote-unquote chakras Mm. you know and different people have different things happening with their with their so-called chakras or just energy centers whatever the blobs of energy i'm sort of looking at and that they're not in the place that everyone says they are and there's like eventually they all sort of merge and there's a lot more Mm. so whatever i've sort of experienced has just sort of let me know that you know I'm not getting the full story, or I haven't in the past. And then when you say that they're connected to Saturn, I'm like, oh, got it. There is something else going on. Yeah, because the question to ask is, who's Saturn? Who is Saturn? Who is that planet? Who? What is the consciousness of the planet? Who's the consciousness of the planet? And why is it there doing what it's doing? And these are the greater questions to ask. And to, to be able to, I suppose, grasp the concepts of the answers to these questions, um, I, I explain to people that all the stars and all the planets out there are people. They're basically us and others expressing ourselves in a planetary expression or a star expression or a galactic expression or a pseudo-universal expression. Uh, so if we can see that there is great drama at play in the great arena of the universe in all these different forms that were not just incarnational expressions, let alone, well, some people think we're just human and nothing else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when you can broaden your horizons and get to the understanding that we're also other incarnational expressions on many other planetary systems in many other star systems in many other galaxies and pseudo-universes, um, then you can take it to the next level and realize that we're also planets and stars. And that's what it means to be a star seed. It's because you're bringing your star light to this planet um, and you're a seed and you're sprouting. And when you shine your light, you are shining your beautiful star light. So this is another concept and um, to begin to contemplate. And also the fact that our soul um, essence is shining to us through the sun so the light coming through the sun is a symphony of your soul light and my soul light and anybody else who's of an organic incarnational construct here on this earth so it's, it's, it's an incredible light and it's purifying us our souls are shining on us and purifying and shaking all the dross and transmuting all our energies that we are intentionally doing so um, 
You know, next time somebody does some sun gazing, how about um, intentionally connecting with your soul that is shining on you through that portal known as the sun? I bore my eyes out the other day when I did that. It was an incredibly heart um, connection and, and the experience was incredibly overwhelming. So these are the sorts of things to consider and when we understand that, we understand who Saturn is and the role Saturn is playing because it's the one that wears the crown, which are the rings, and wants to be king, basically, but um, and wants to control and dominate the solar system, take it away from the sun, who really is the embodiment of the solar system that we are, that we have chosen, and I'll reiterate, chosen. Okay, mm-hmm. it means responsibility, everybody. Chosen, you chose. <laughs> it means you're responsible and try to take ownership. And so there is a, um, a bit of a, a, a battle, you could say, for control of um, this solar system and humanity and the planet. And, you know, the, the consciousness who is Saturn is the, like I said, universe of contrasting expressions. So you have a, an entity who is claiming to be the creator and ruler of all things. And it's not just Saturn. Saturn is just one expression of this, you know, cosmic God entity. It's it's a very powerful being relative to, you know, within the confines of the great arena now. And it's important to respect what this being is capable of and uh, and not to just rubbish it, um, which at times I, I do. And at times I'm quite assertive towards it because I need to be. And uh, But also respect what it's done for you and the challenges it's provided for you because it's uh, gratitude is the most powerful way you can disempower that being and that entity. Well, I'm glad you're saying this because before I started getting all offended about the rings and Saturn and stuff, um, I had been exploring uh, different uh, planets by in meditation just going inside of them. And somebody a long time ago recommended that I do that and go inside the moon. But I never started with the moon. I went to Jupiter Mm. and made a couple of other trips to other planets and noticed how different they were. And Can I I just ask you a question? What did you sense with Jupiter? Because a lot of people describe Jupiter and I've got my, the way I've experienced Jupiter myself, having connected with that planet too. And I just want to no, because planets sometimes have different levels of expression and that's why we have contrasting or differing experiences with these planetary systems. So I just wanted to know how you experienced Jupiter. Well, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it is. Jupiter's <laughs> think, incredibly awesome. Yeah. I, you know, it says in, you know, astrology and stuff about the expansion and all the all these different sort of words about Jupiter. But once I got inside, I felt it very watery to me. And there's different uh, beings in there and different, I don't want to call them temples. They were like, I, w- I want to say that it was a little more like a artist colony inside, although it had sort of the sacred feel of being in a, in a sacred, like a sanctuary whoops, sanctuary space. Mm, mm. And did you feel a feminine felt, energy with Jupiter? Yeah. You did? And very, wow. Yeah, I was See, just you're, you're one of the few people that have. I, I, I feel a very strong, in fact, I feel like the, the archetype for me is the Amazonian warrior. Um, yeah, yeah. Woman, you know, that's what I feel. A lot of people label Jupiter as a male entity and I just mm-hmm. don't experience Jupiter in that way. For me, it's the Amazonian warrior woman. Yeah, and it's almost 
almost towards like androgyny. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a feeling of, um, that there was an absence of a male energy. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting it's too. Probably the, the, the warrior energy that needs to be there. Yeah. Instead of the yeah. nature energy. So there has yeah. to be some male, male energy there. Yeah. But, uh, going there, it's like I was doing things. I was going up to like a workbench or, or alchemist bench, whatever, you know, your mind starts playing with you sometimes with archetypes and archetypical realms and stuff. But um, it's, it just felt more uh, like I could create tools there if I wanted to. I could create, you know, art if I wanted to. It just felt like uh, it was very building block type of a place Wow. and uh, very watery. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Fluid, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, anyway, I made it. Pluto is awesome, by the way. I uh, wasn't prepared for that at all. They have these aqueducts everywhere inside, and there's, like, all this rainbow light. So I'm still kind of in shock by that, and I haven't gone back since. <laughs> Uh-huh. Since so those couple of times that I was uh, playing around with Pluto, but then later um, I really circle back to the sun, and what I have noticed about the sun is that it's really easy and very gentle for me to connect to the sun, mm-hmm. and when I do, it's like I go again, like right inside, but I'm mirroring back that same solar energy. I can actually see it going right back to me on Earth. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and I would have to say that it is something similar to when you were talking about that that Earth self. Like you're when you're in communion with the Earth herself, it, this other beingness of you comes out, and so I feel like the Sun is saying hello to that being. And so what I've been trying to do, and trying is too much of a word because I don't know. Once I'm in the mode, I just sort of start doing this communion thing um, but I'm trying to sort of bringing I, I'm trying to bring that sort of mental aspect uh, and uh, earth self aspect like the crest <laughs> the person who's on the crest of the earth uh, mm. merging with that earth self but I've been using the sun to sort of help me mm, Wow! and that solar energy so I'm not sure where I'm going with this George but I'm trying yeah, no, it's really good, fascinating to hear your experiences too. <laughs> when, when um, the way you communicate and interact with these planetary systems, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I figured they're hanging around. Mm. If we what see do them, they do? well, the point I was trying to make in the beginning, I suppose, was if we if we can see them as people as well, personalities, they have character, they have intentions for, you know, manifesting themselves as planetary systems and. If we can work out who they are, I, I always understood them to be, um, you know, archetypal personalities of the universal creator. So we have these differing sort of, um, you know, contrasting aspects of, of all different forms of manifestation. And they seem to be playing more of a, um, you know, archetypal role for everybody because it is the music of the spheres. And so we do, um, you know, via harmonics and resonance, we do um, have a strong influence from these bodies heavenly bodies which are very close to us we're within our our system star system and so we're all in this together we've all co-created this together so why did we want the consciousness and the being who is pluto to manifest itself um, from a soul level you know 
Um, mm-hmm. So we can then project a part of ourselves into this planet and experience its harmonics as part of the equation, as part of the co-creation of what we we wanted here, we wanted to experience. But yeah, they they are setting the harmonics back and forth. And, and we can do it too. We like can. we can send our harmonic vibration out as well. And I've sort of experimented with that, but I usually end up unconscious. So I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and maybe that's one of the things we need to talk about is that in our own, I guess, trial and error, experimentation, trying to commune with a plant or a tree or you know, a crystal or something like that, something is always going to happen. And, you know, you just sort of have to see. You have to try it as long as we're here. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, it's nice to explore, I would say, these different um, places, these different... Well, it's, another way of looking at it is all we're doing is exploring our local neighborhood, cosmically speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. So so where? What about like the future? <laughs> That's a big big question. What do you think about kind of where humanity's going? Yeah, I I learned my lesson with the prediction things. Um, I, I really fell into that. I there's so many people that felt the same way. Not just me. There's a lot of people saying very similar things and. We must have really tuned into a particular timeline or a set of very, very real um, set of probabilities. Uh, yeah. So we, I don't really want to do any predictions, um, so to speak. I'll, I will explain though my understanding of the way things are headed because I know what what I'm doing on the planet and where I'm headed and my relationship with the planet and the solar system. So for me, my my intended outcome is to birth through metaphorically speaking now, the womb of the mother. And and literally speaking now, um, by doing so, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship where as the planet raises her frequency, um, I raise mine. And it's not just raising my frequency, it's actually compressing and bringing back um, via process of integration all my creations. And um, because the diversity of life is doing the same thing here on this planet bringing everything back into harmony and balance. I'm doing it personally through my journey through this universe and all my creations that, that I've got going on in the universe, bringing those back into alignment um, of harmony and balance. And and so the the planet is going through a... She's giving birth um, basically to all the beings who are wanting to achieve this. And... Uh, she is changing and transcending this layer, this frequency. If you look at it as just one layer of expression of life, and that's the Earth's crust, the way we currently see it, and uh, the natural environment on it. So the, the, the star that is in the core of this Earth, which is a female version of the sun, uh, mm-hmm. again, already is starting to express itself and will do so in a very big way. And we are going through a... I would say a dimensional shift where this planet as viewed from this third dimension will in the future be viewed as a body of light. And that's why in the past I've said, oh, she's becoming a star. And um, it's incredible when you, um, when we can just 
realized that all these symptoms that we're having with headaches, for example, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, heaviness, tiredness, there's so many times I wake up and I feel like I've got a hangover and, uh, and a headache and I haven't had anything to drink for weeks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's kind of like, hang on a minute, why do I feel like I've got a hangover going on here? And we get headaches and it was funny because Cynthia and I yesterday, no, the day before, we had these incredible headaches in the same areas in the head and then we spoke to friends last night and they had, you know, they live um, a good 2,000 kilometres away and they had the same thing going on as well for the same mm-hmm. days and in the same areas of the head. And so there's, and there's been a solar flare recently and so the energy oh, yeah. from the sun is, uh, and science, the world of science has um, proven now that the plasmic energy coming from the sun is changing this reality. It's literally morphing matter mm-hmm. and they've proven that so if people want to continue to think that nothing's changing here then you know they're welcome to do that to continue in their bliss um so i, I feel it's important that to have this greater awareness of the change because when we are more connected with our earth mother we understand her journey which then helps us to understand our journey which then we greater understand humanity's journey and we understand the greater processes at hand here and we are changing and you know the the ultimate i would say the ultimate goal or the intent intended outcome for me is to is mastery of light i'm i'm completing my journey in this universe that's what i'm aware of about myself and there's many others here on the planet that are aware of that about themselves as well and it's not an egoic thing it's really we didn't all enter this universe at the same time there's a lot of us that entered the universe a lot earlier than a lot of other people. It's like a university, you know. You didn't, we didn't. You, everyone doesn't enter the the university at the same time. It's like people yeah. that are in their first year, and and they are angry, resentful, and jealous, and 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 towards the people who are currently graduating. You know, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All the people who are still a year away from graduating. And being all jealous and resentful towards the people that are graduating, well, you know, they got into the university before they did, so why should they feel that way? It's it's silly, it's stupid. And so people get all strange about these things, but that's, again, that's the um, positive white love and light energy that tends to do that. It's kind of like a... Um, people become... Well, no, because I've been there, right? I've, I've ventured in... Oh, I've been there too. Not just pointing the finger, I am telling it how it is. And I have yeah. been that self-righteous, judgmental entity, okay? I've been yeah. So I'm talking from first-hand knowledge and experience. So this is what we tend to do when we're in that state. And a lot of the New Age practices do exactly that, take people into these self-righteous domains. So um, no, I'm completing my universal journey. That is a fact of reality. So we've been compressing this road to compression, bringing everything back to zero point. And uh, when we go through this birthing process with her and have this symbiotic, you know, relationship and this symbiotic metamorphosis with our Earth Mother, that's when we achieve that intended outcome of mastery of light. And all these other programs, um, these other um, pseudo light based programs are designed to sever people's relationship with their Earth Mother with their understanding of, therefore, it severs the relationship they have internally with their own soul essence, their own intentions of their journey within this universe, 
and it lures them into these other light domains. And um, and I've done that before because of time loops, you know. And so I've come back to to this place, point in time again in the cycle, and I'm um, and I'm going through the process of finally achieving my outcome. I think it's um, I think it was very brave to write this book, but then <laughs> you kind of have to as you're moving on from this journey into another one. Little Georgie did not want to write the book. Little Georgie resisted and resisted and resisted until Big George, meaning my high self and my soul essence, you know, said, you're going to write a book. It's time to write a book. And the energy came forth from within me, just poured out like a fountain. It just emanated. And I'm just like, oh, I've got to write a book. <laughs> There's no escape. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I have. And you know, there's still, on the odd occasion, part of me, little George goes, oh, crikey, what have I done? And oh crikey, what are the ramifications? And you go into all these fear-based sort of scenarios, which, mind you, are getting less and less and last, you know, for two or three seconds, and then I snap out of it, um, which is totally natural, uh, because when people realise the content that's been shared, it's it's very controversial, um, but then it doesn't need to be controversial. It'll only be controversial to those who want to defend their belief systems. It's potent information because it empowers people to be sovereign. This is about spiritual sovereignty, not just mental sovereignty. This is about spiritual sovereignty. This is about freeing a person's traveling spirit from the clutches and the grips of these God entities in the cosmic and the great arena of the universe. So there's a lot at stake here from one perspective. Well, you've given a great gift to us all with this book. It's been amazing to talk to you. I could talk for another four hours easily so i just want to say thank you so much for being with us oh i'm, I'm so honored to be on your show christine I, I really was excited when i saw that email that you invited me back on and i just want to say thank you so much so very much from my heart because the way you've expressed yourself and the way you've voiced it you you really do practice and live unconditional love and i just really appreciate that thank you thank you for being christina walsh <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks for being George. The big George and the little George. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christina Walsh. You can find out more at AlignedRadio.com or at ChristyWalsh.com. My guest today is George Kavasilis, and he's just written this amazing book called Our Universal Journey. And it's out on Amazon, and you can order it from Amazon.com. You can find out more about George Kavasilis at ourjourneyhome.com.au and you can also hear him at SuperWoo Radio at superwooradio.com.au. That's super, S-U-P-E-R-W-O-O-R-A-D-I-O.com.au. So thanks for tuning in.